Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 64 of the Canberra Football Show, round 17 uh, review. And joining me today are two, uh, two guys that uh, probably as mad as Tuchel and Conte uh, were on the weekend with the United <laughs> start of the season. It's uh, Russ and Michael. Uh, Russ, we'll start with you. Uh, Hello, man. How are you? On the show. <laughs> Thanks. Good to be back. Um, to be honest, I didn't watch you on the weekend, so I can't comment. But I did see the scoreline, and uh, yeah, they're not very good. Strongest team in the division, though, because they're holding everybody else up. Uh, and I'm pretty convinced that they'll uh, get promoted next season if they go down. So, you know, look at the positives. <laughs> There's plenty of positives. Look at the end of the yeah. day, it just goes to show how popular they are because they're bottom of the table and rubbish, and everyone's still talking about them. <laughs> Very true. Indeed. Michael, how's it going? Yeah, going all right, Matt. Uh, you know, obviously not happy with sort of what's going on with Man United at the moment. But on the flip side of that, you know, Inter were able to win on the weekend. So it sort of brought me a little bit of joy, even though it was a sort of fairly dark weekend in terms of that result. So that that shed a little bit of light on it. So a little bit of happiness there, but got, we don't have to get into <laughs> we don't have to get into that result. It was shocking. That nah, is true. Was not there, Michael. Sorry. At least Pogba's not there anymore. Yeah. Could have been worse. No. Well, we can't blame him anymore, can we? <laughs> no. It would have been six or seven <laughs> if he was there. Yeah, let's kick things off. It was Canberra Olympic uh, up against West Canberra Wanderers. Though the home team were able to get a 2-0 victory in this game. Uh, goal scorers were James in the first half and McCaw in the second half. A crucial win for, for Canberra Olympic. You know, that keeps their status in the MPL, you know, competition... Uh, for next season, more alive. And, you know, I think West Canberra uh, actually started this match pre- pretty well. They created themselves a fair few sort of, sort of opportunities to to start this game. And I, I just think that was a very sort of positive start for them to really put the pressure on, you know, Olympic. But it was Olympic who opened the scoring through, like I mentioned, James in the 37th uh, minute. You know, he added yet another goal to his tally this season. He's been a great player, like we've talked about sort of numerous times already so far this season. And it was a confident finish uh, into the back of the net to give his team a 1-0 lead. And then after the break, eight minutes into it in the 53rd minute, it was McCaw who made it 2-0 after the restart. It was a very low and powerful shot, sort of a a cross goal, um, you know, past the keeper to double his team's advantage. It was a very good, very good finish. Helped, obviously, double their advantage. and you know, this result that they were able to get the two nil victory, you know, um, you know, they, they, they're still sort of in the same place that they're at, at, at sixth, but you know, they can move up to fifth place on the table if they win their game in hand. So that's obviously a very crucial sort of uh, fact to mention there. And obviously West for West Canberra, it means they go back to the bottom of the MPL ladder following a huge result, which we'll get into sort of shortly uh, that Matt will uh, discuss at length, but, a very, very good result for Canberra Olympic, just in terms of obviously the battle that's going on there, sort of towards the bottom end uh, of the table. Russ, what did you make of this result for both, you know, Olympic getting a much needed win and for obviously for West Canberra, it not being so good as they find themselves back at the bottom of the ladder? Yeah, I think it's a really bitter blow for West Canberra Wanderers 
Um, not so much losing the game, but uh, they would have come off at the end of that game expecting Belcommon to have been beaten by Gungahlin United, and we'll get into that in a moment. But <clears throat> this is a dagger blow for them because they've fought their way so hard to get off the foot of the table. They've done everything they possibly can at the moment. Then they lose this one, and all of a sudden they're back to square one again. And you've got to wonder how, if they've got the um, the heart now and the character, if they could bring lift themselves up again. Massive game again for them on the weekend against Tigers, which we'll talk about later. But it's a big, big bit of blow for them because of the defeat. And obviously, coupled with Belko's win for Olympic, you know, they're, they're, they're still on the cusp of the four. Um, if they can get the three points yeah. against O'Connor Knights on Wednesday, uh, they're still in with a shout. They've got some good players coming back into that squad now. But they're still anxiously looking over their shoulder as well. And they've got a big match this weekend, too. So um, vital three points for Canberra Olympic. Really important for them to get the points on the board. And they'll be very happy that they've done so. Uh, work's not done for them yet. They've still got plenty to do. For West Canberra Wanderers, real test of character and and their um, their determination. We've seen it all season. We know that they've got that in them, that they're that kind of side. They're not going to lie down, but they need someone now. And it might be the skippers. It might be the, the more senior players they've got. It might be their coaching staff to be able to pick them up and say, look, we've dragged ourselves off the foot of the table once. We need to do it again. We've still got four rounds left to do, 12 points to play for. The gap's not that big. Belconnen have got some tough matches to come. Um, so have Canberra Olympics. So it's not all over for them. But it would have been a huge, huge disappointment for them when they came off that field at uh, O'Connor on the weekend. Most definitely. Matt, what's our next game? Our next game, like uh, you guys referred to there, Belcon United against Gungarling United. Russ and I were on the call for this one. Uh, Christian Crescus and Bo Harvey were the goal scorers in this one in the first and second half, respectively. Both sides were missing some key plays heading into this one for various reasons. Uh, some of the players that were missing uh, for Belco were the likes of Max Green and Chris Ray, uh, to name a couple, uh, while Gunners were missing the likes of Bernabeu Madrid, both have Tamarians. Nick Rathen, just to mention a few there, there were a few more also missing uh, for them. Belcon United opened the scoring in the opening six minutes as Dustin Wells put a fantastic ball over the top to Christian Kreskus, who hit a shot, which was blocked by the keeper, and then Kreskus pounced on the rebound to make it one Nil early on, Nico Abbott came off and it looked really bad. Uh, wishing him all the best. Hopefully it wasn't as bad as it looked. Maybe Russ might have an update on that one. Uh, Belconi United uh, made it 2-0 after Chris Fayers won the ball deep in his own half, made a run and placed a beautiful through ball to Bo Harvey, who was able to place it past the keeper on the edge of the box to seal the victory for Belconnen, um, which was a crucial victory for them. This victory also means that uh, Belconnen uh, go from the bottom to seventh place and off the bottom as well. Uh, they are still one point behind Olympic in sixth place and now two points off Tigers in fifth place. For Gungahlin, this loss means they are now nine points behind Canberra, Croatia in first place. And they also only lead Monaro by one point uh, in third place. So it's getting tight there between third and second. Um what were your thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, we talked about it during the commentary on the weekend and um, great result for Belcon United. Yeah. Talked about character and determination. They needed to show it in spades after losing last week. They dropped to the bottom of the table. There was severe talk around the grounds, obviously, that they'd still be there this weekend um, because they wouldn't beat Gungahlin United. Were they given a helping hand that the Gunners were missing by so many players? Well, yeah, of course they were uh, missing some key players. Uh, throughout the team, as well as all the ones you mentioned there, Leon Mickle, who's been in great form um, this season. You only had to look at the bench for Gungahlin United. It was only a few weeks ago we were talking about their bench being stacked 
with forward attacking players. This weekend, they had Cornell, Addison, Jack Matic, Jack Rowley and Jacob Quinn as their full substitutes. So you could see that there was a, a real lack of depth in that Gungahlin team. In saying that, um, it's not, you only play what's in the shirts in front of you. You can't legislate for what the opposition is going to pick. So we've talked about how Belcon and United needed to pick themselves up. They were missing Max Green and we thought that's a major blow for them. He's their main striker. They were missing a couple of others. Phil Bourgeois was out as well. But they've done remarkably well. They took their chances. They were well worth the victory in the end. Um, Gagalan were kept at arm's length. Let's not forget as well, a debut for um, Dylan Porat, Cullen in goal. I think he did quite well, uh, the young lad. But Belcon and United, Michael Zukowski and his team can take great credit for where they've managed to pull themselves up off the canvas this week and get the three points. It's not done for them yet. They've still got plenty more points to play for. They've still got plenty to do. But if they show the character that they showed on the weekend, if they show the spirit that that club showed, and you could see what it meant to them at the full-time whistle just to get the three points, that they will be in with a great shout of staying up. And, you know, most people at the start of the season wouldn't have put them down into that relegation candidate position. Um, nervy time's coming up for them in the next few weeks as well, but they'll be confident that they can build on this win and, and move on. As for um, Nico Abbott, unfortunately, it looks like he snapped his Achilles tendon which is going to be a very, very long time out for him. And uh, at his age as well, he's getting a bit older in terms of the veteran status. And it's a nasty injury and we wish him all the very best. Um, lovely bloke if you get the chance to talk to him. He's doing a fair bit of coaching out at Gungarland as well for the juniors and passing on his years of expertise, having travelled the globe playing football. So all the best, Nico. Um, get yourself back fit soon, mate. We hope to see you back on the field of Canberra um, next season. Indeed, uh, best of luck in that recovery there. Uh, Michael, who do we have next? Our next matchup was Tigers FC up against O'Connor Knights. A thrilling 2-2 draw in this one, guys. An entertaining game on on display between these two teams uh, again this season. And it, it was uh, Sam Whittier with uh, two goals uh, for Tigers. And for O'Connor, it was Manda and Adams on the score sheet for the visitors. You know, Tigers got off to the start that they would have hoped for when, you know, Sam Witt here uh, produced a, a nice finish after, you know, being set up by Josh Golevsky. It was a well-worked goal uh, from Tigers there and it sort of just highlighted their sort of positive start to the encounter. And, you know, they, they took that 1-0 advantage into the break and then sort of just after 10 minutes uh, into the second half, that's where he was able to score uh, his second goal of the game, you know, when he found himself in in a little bit of space uh, at the back post uh, for, from a corner uh, and sort of just nodded the ball uh, confidently into the back of the net, makes it 2-0. And from that point, you're thinking that, you know, the Tigers are sort of steadily on their way to, you know, claiming three points, especially after grabbing that second goal, which I think came at, at an important time for them. But, you know, O'Connor, you know, thought they'd, uh, got themselves sort of back in the game um, after 70 minutes following a sort of, it was sort of like a scramble in the box and you could see all the sort of commotion when they thought that the ball had sort of crossed the line, but it, it wasn't given. So, you know, that sort of just added to their sort of frustrations in trying to get themselves back into the contest, but to their credit, they just, they never give up. And, you know, that, that, that was on full display um, in injury time. I mean, there was a stack of a, uh, added on to this game, which sort of helped them, weirdly enough, um, even though they were they were two 0 down, and they pounced on a defensive error uh, at the start of injury uh, at the start of injury time. Sorry, it was Mando who sort of pounced on the opportunity. He struck his 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 strike sort of in off the post, and 
you know, at this, at that point, sorry, it was, it was two one and it sort of sets it up for a sort of monumental finish at, at, at that point. And sort of in the lead up to, um, you know, the, the equalizer uh, in this one, it, it was a stunning counterattack from, from the Knights, you know, working the ball from, you know, the defensive end all the way through to the final third Um and they, they scored the equalizer there in the in the I think it was the 98th 99th minute of play, which is just uh, crazy uh, through through Adams, and you could see sort of the relief that was sort of sprung around that O'Connor Knights team when Adams scored and he picks up the ball and he sort of just kicks it up in the air to like you know really sort of emphasise you know the hard work that they put in to to get that draw. So obviously Tigers, uh, what this means for the table. Obviously, Tigers are still in fifth. Uh, Knights are still in fourth uh, by four points over Tigers, uh, but they do have a game in hand. So that that could prove very, very important for the Knights. But what an entertaining game. And, I, you know, you, Russ, you're sitting there thinking that, you know, uh, Tigers have a 2-0 advantage. They've, they've just got to hold on in injury time. And even though there's a stack of it bunched up, you, you didn't really think that O'Connor were going to come back and score two goals, but that's exactly what they did. And it was a share of the spoils. Well, it sums up O'Connor's season, doesn't it? In the way that they attack, they don't give up. Um, they keep going and going and going and they got their reward. Tigers will ask the question, but which many people will is where that 10 minutes came from. Um, it took an awful lot of time to be adding on for injuries. Now, to caveat that, I've not seen the full 90 minutes of the game, so I can't really comment on where that 10 minutes of injury time has come from. Match officials obviously feel that there was um, enough um, stoppages or time wasting or whatever it might have been to justify that. I think it's, you know, I've not seen myself that before. I mean, 10 minutes is an awful long time when there's not been an awful uh, an injury or something, you know, or something that's caused a long delay. Um, as it was, though, you know, Tigers are 2 0 up. Sam Witch has scored his first two goals of the season. He's been threatening to do that. Throughout most of the campaign, good to see him get on the score sheet. Two well taken goals as well. Lovely moves you mentioned for the first one. The ball out from the back from Anthony Timothy was gorgeous. And Josh Galeski, well, cut it inside. Could easily have had it himself. Rolled it to his mate and sandwich here still. A plenty to do in a crowded penalty area, but took his time and tucked it away rather beautifully into the corner. And the head was rather more um, routine, met corner and firm header. And then they were in the box seat and they were should wound it really. Have been plenty more. They've had one on one chances, about four or five of them, during a the game that they didn't put away. And it's been the story of their season. They've um, now moved on to a record breaking eight draws um, in the campaign, which is the most ever in a capital football season, which uh, they've now been joined with by Monero Panthers, which we'll talk about later. So, two teams who managed eight draws, knocking Tuggan off their perch from last year. Um, for O'Connor Knights, incredible ending. Uh, what an ending to the match and it's just a, a good attitude um, and a good way to show youngsters out there that you never give up in a game of football you're 2-0 down in stoppage time the game's done you pull one back it feels like it's a consolation and just on that note um, how many times have you seen Rocco Stricker stand on football in the 60 yard box never it doesn't happen does it but you've got to be alert to it and it wasn't just fucking Mandy was there Michael Adams was there too one of them because he smacked it in the corner and then, of course, you know, they, they break superbly. Um, Gabriel Ayul off the bench, he's been very good in that situation throughout the year, and his balling um, was turned in by Michael Adams, who's had a really rough time of it in recent weeks with injury, and you can see the relief on his face, what a player he is. And the Connor Knights having him back all gives him a huge lift 
into keeping that top four spot if they can. Starts for them again Wednesday against the Canberra Olympic. They need to win that. If they do, they've got a stranglehold on that fourth place and it's theirs to lose. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it was a, once again, Canberra football doing what Canberra football does and you can never, never, ever say a game's done until it's over because, well, you can see what happens. Absolutely. Matt, uh, what's our last uh, match uh, for this round? Our final game was one that Russ called with Steve Forshaw over at Deakin Stadium. Canberra Croatia 2, Monaro Panthers 2, Barrach with both the goals for Canberra Croatia and Michael John and Amate Busek own goal. In terms of Monaro, uh, first and foremost, Michael John played his 100th NPL uh, game. Congratulations to him. Uh, great achievement. There's been quite a few... Um, Milestones recently with a lot of players, which is good to see. Canberra Croatia opened the score in the eighth minute with some great passing around the box, which ended with Cecilia squaring it for Daniel Barrage to find the bottom corner. Uh, in the second half, Michael John began the Monaro comeback uh, in the 57th minute as Darren Bailey worked his way through the midfield, a couple of one-twos before laying it off to John, who buried it past Sam Brown. What a way for him to celebrate his 100th NPL matchup. And as well as his uh, new, uh, first league goal for Monaro Panthers. Monaro went ahead 11 minutes later. Seb Woods whipped in a very nice ball over the top to Ben Bassasilk. When Bassasilk went for the header, so did Mate Busek. And it came off Busek as he tried to clear it, uh, which meant that it was an own goal for Busek. And 11 minutes later, seems to be 11 minutes a lot this game. Uh, the home side struck to make it level as Tonesky put a through ball to Barrage with Kyle Senior slipping in an attempt to try and get the ball and Barrich took advantage of that and buried it. This result means that Canberra Croatia extend their lead over second place. Um, Gangali United by nine points uh, at the top of the table and the top two will play each other next week, uh, though at Deakin, like we'll mention shortly, and Monaro's result here means that the visitors uh, still sit in third place, but are now only one point behind Gangali United. And as the top four play each other next week, um, we could see some changing in the standing. So it'll be an interesting weekend this weekend. Russ, you were obviously there commentating it. What did you think about the whole match? Yeah, great match. So once again, another cracking encounter between two sides. <coughs> Excuse me. Canberra Croatia have been in great form recently, of course, and they've been blown sides away inside the first 20 minutes. They've been, they've been, I think it was three goals in the first half hour and four of their last five games or something. It's, Quite phenomenal. They started off again on that weekend. You thought, well, they're right in the routine here and, and they scored early again. Beautiful goal, uh, well worked. And they looked like they could roll all over the top of Monaro. But suddenly the Panthers, I think they're fine, found made of stern stuff. And, you know, Canberra Crush tried to play them off the park playing football. It didn't work. They dug in. So it became quite physical and it didn't work and they dug in. And it was a great match between two sides who were really evenly managed. But, uh, Balance and 2 2 was a fair result at the end of the day. There were chances at both ends. You mentioned the turnaround from Monero was excellent in the second half. Again, Canberra Croatia started in the second half much like they started in the first. They were um, quick out the blocks and they were all over the Panthers for the first five minutes or so. And then the Panthers started defensive football, sort of lovely equaliser. The weighted pass from Darren Bailey to Michael John was superb and the finish was excellent. And then they've got a bit of luck with the own goal. Marcel Busek does what every good midfielder go, does, tracks his runner. And then, unfortunately, hits him on their back and drops into the net, not, a, not an earthly for um, Sam Brown. But you then questioned Karen McCrasher. Well, this is the first test they've had in about four or five weeks. How are they going to respond to this? It's round 11, really. And they responded as champions of that dude. 
they went up the other end, they knocked on the door, they knocked on the door, and then when there was one half chance, as you said, Carl Senior slips, then Daniel Ballard is there to take it on his non-preferred right foot, rifles it home, and, and they get a substitute share of the points. And as we'll talk about in a minute, it gives them a chance to take home the league championship next weekend at home in front of their home fans. And once again, a cracking game of football, two teams that really went for it. Um, can't wait for the final series because we've already got three sides pretty much confirmed that play great football in Croatia, Gagala and Monero. Also, there's no real love loss between those three teams either. So there's a, you're going to get a proper feisty football match, a proper football match. All, all three teams are full of winners um, that want to win football games. And we're going to have a super final series and can't wait for that. But we've still got four more weeks of this to look forward to. We certainly do. Michael, what are our matches for round 18? Yeah, so our matches for round 18, Matt, we kick things off in West Canberra, where it is the West Canberra Wanderers up against Tigers FC. That'll be a very good match. Uh, Saturday, August 20th, 2.15 at Melrose Synthetic, followed by Canberra Olympic up against Belconnen United. That will be also another fantastic game. Saturday, August 20th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor in Closed. Canberra Croatia will then play host to Gungahlin United. Uh, they're at Deakin Stadium Saturday, August 20th at 5 p.m. So you can get out there and watch that one if you so happen to watch uh, any of the first two games there. And then you've got the Monaro Panthers up against O'Connor Knights Saturday, August 20th, 5.45 at Riverside there. So, I mean, from top to bottom, some absolutely cracking games on this weekend for MPL. Yeah, just to change on the fixtures as well, um, West Canberra Wanderers versus Tigers FC is going to be shifted, I think, to 2.45. Um, there'll be a bit of a change for that one. So you can still get across, as Michael says, to Deakin Stadium to watch it. And, of course, it's a chance for Canberra Croatia to win their 25th league championship on the weekend. A win against the Garland United will do it for them. They'll claim the title if they get that. They can even get it with the points, depending on whether Monero Panthers fell to beat O'Connor Knights. So everything to play for there should be a corker of a game. That one, really looking forward to it. I'll be there on Saturday evening. I think Angela Constantin is going to join me for that one as well. Um, really looking forward to what should be a cracking crack match between those two teams and uh, Croatia with a chance to wrap it up in front of their own fans. And welcome back for our MPLW section of the show. Only two games this week, though, due to uh, wet weather and closed grounds on certain days and certain areas as well. We'll start with the game that I commentated on the weekend. Canberra United Academy lost 2-1 to Gungahlin United. Rachel Corbett and Sharon Chow with the goals for Gungahlin and Kaylee Tanini own goal uh, in terms of the CUA. Rachel Corbett for Gungahlin United was playing her 150th MPLW game. Congratulations to her. A great achievement. And Gungahlin opened the scoring after a corner from Erica Pennyfield, which found Rachel Corbett in space, and she unleashed a pinpoint header for the opener. What a way for her to celebrate her 150th MPLW game. Gungahlin United doubled their lead two minutes into the first half as Sharon Chow unleashed uh, one hell of a strike from well outside the box that dinked, like, essentially dinked the keeper and under the crossbar. Great, great strike from her. Seaway half the deficit after Letitia Babich hit a great strike that hit the crossbar and it came back and ricocheted off the back of Kaylee Tanini and went in. So it was classified as an own goal um, after it was looked at. Uh, this victory for Gungala means they are now four points ahead of CUA in fifth place. 
and a six points off West Canberra. Uh, West Canberra do have a game in hand, uh, but Andrew Woodman signed also do have a game in hand. I think like nearly every team in MPLW has a game in hand, except for CUA actually. So uh, that's um, that has just been one of those uh, one of those couple of weeks with the uh, the rain and whatnot. So a lot of matches to be replayed in uh, MPLW. And once again, though, for, it was a very very good performance from Andrew Woodman's side, and uh, I believe they're still yet to lose to anyone who is in Canberra Croatia or or uh, Canberra Olympics since Andrew Woodman has took charge. So he's. Um, been off to an absolutely flying start and they've won something like i'll get rid of that bit because i know he's been off to an absolutely flying start so well done to gangalan in that regard uh regarding cua this loss means they are now four points uh, behind gangalan like i just said in sixth place and but they still remain seven points above tuggerong united who still have a game or two in hand i believe they actually have two games in hand, Tuggerong United. Yep, Tuggerong United actually have two games in hand where every other team bar CUA have one game in hand. So still a lot to play for besides the other rounds. Michael, who do we have next? Yeah, next up was a big game, Matt. It was Canberra Olympic getting the victory over Belconnen United. Two goals to one in this one. It was Sykes and Thornton on the score sheet for Olympic in the second half. Uh, but before that, it was uh, Kira Bobbin who scored for Belconnen United in the opening stanza. Uh, a big win for Olympic, Matt, like I said, you know, sort of keeps them in second spot on the ladder. It still gives them a bit of, you know, space now as well after this victory above Belco, who are in third. And I think for this game, you know, they, they started on the front foot. However, um, Bobbin, you know, scored a goal that sort of looked like a, a cross sort of on first viewing when you when you watch it back. I mean, she might claim that it was a shot. You know, just one of those things. You, you never truly know what was going through sort of the player's mind at that point. But nevertheless, it was a, a great goal that sort of just sort of dinked over the keeper into the far corner of the goal mat. And that was 1-0 to Belko at that stage to really make good on their sort of good start to the game in the opening 15 minutes of play there. And, you know, another good thing that Belko did really well in that first half is that they were able to keep El- Olympic out and-, and keep them scoreless until the break. So they went, they had a halftime advantage going in. And that's something that a lot of teams in this competition have struggled to do against a superior side like Canberra Olympic have proven to be this year. I mean, you've seen sort of all season, Matt, how they're able to score goals. And they've got many, many sort of different pathways in terms of players that can get on the score sheet. So Belko did a phenomenal job to keep them out for 45 minutes. And unfortunately, though, they, they weren't able to hold out for much longer, you know, as Sykes, you know, was in, inside the box at the right place at the right time as a sort of instinctual striker always does, just happens to be the right place there to knock the ball in and level the game. And you thought from that moment onwards that maybe Olympic would, you know, they'd push on now that they grabbed the equalizer and, there was a huge moment in the game when, you know, when Belco go down to 10 players and, you know, this presented a key opportunity for, you know, Olympic uh, to, you know, really take a foothold in the game in the last sort of, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And that's exactly what they did. They took advantage of the sending off and Thornton scored a free kick, Matt, from, from just outside the area. And she makes it 2-1 and that's what seals the victory for Olympic. So they had to go through a little bit of, you know, 
a bit of a, a bit of a battle, which is something we haven't been really used to seeing them endure unless they're playing, you know, an opposition like Canberra, Croatia. So, I mean, for them to sort of go through a scenario like this where they've played a side excluding uh, Croatia and sort of have to come back from behind and will their way, way to come back and win, uh, I think will do that side. Plenty of confidence heading into finals football, Matt. So a, a huge win for Canberra uh, Olympic. And like you mentioned at the top, uh, there were only two games that we've just discussed now that ended up being played. The other two games, which were postponed due to wet weather, were Tuggerong United against Canberra, Croatia, and the fourth match was Wagga City Wanderers against West Canberra Wanderers. So those two matches did not go ahead, but will be replayed at a later date. Matt, what are the um, round 18 fixtures? Not long to go now in the regular season. The round 18 fixtures are Belcon United against Canberra United Academy. Saturday, August 20th, 3pm at McKellar Park. Next up, it's Gungahlin United against Wagga City Wanderers. Saturday, August 20th, 3pm at Gungahlin Enclosed. West Canberra Wanderers versus Tuggerong United. Sunday, August 21st, 12.45pm at Melrose Synthetic. And the big one, uh, there's been two draws in the league so far this season between these two teams. Not much has separated them in terms of the league, uh, when they play each other, that is. And that's Canberra Croatia against Canberra Olympic, what Russ calls the uh, the uh, the Classico, the Canberra Classico. Sunday, August 21st, 2.30pm at Deakin Stadium. Huge, huge game. It'll be interesting to see if anything breaks the deadlock uh, between these two sides. Because like I just mentioned, there's only been two draws between them in the league and Olympic did get a victory in the cup against Canberra, Croatia. Uh, but in terms of the league, they've been uh, neck and neck. So it's uh, in terms of uh, results against each other. So it should be a very fascinating matchup. We move on to CPL where we had some very, very interesting results here. Let's start one at the Riverina. Wagga City Wanderers 9, Ugali 2. Uh, Ugali got off to a flying start away from home as they opened the scoring through Vitucci in the second minute. Wagga struck back four minutes later through Jack Plongis and then took the lead through Lucas in the 20th minute. Uh, Ugali fought back to make it 2-2 as Vitucci bagged a brace. Uh, as it looked like Ugali were getting, um, you know, uh, it was looking like a very, very competitive match. 2-2. Uh, Dean Armanini was sent off for, was it, I believe, a second yellow two minutes later. Uh, Wagga regained the lead four minutes uh, after being a man up and made it 3-2 as they headed into halftime as that score. Um, and to quote your line, Russ, in uh, CPL, in your CPL wrap-up this week uh, on the Capital Football website, Wagga was simply irresistible in the second half as they scored six more goals against one man, Ugali. Uh, sorry, one man down, Ugali. Jack, Jake Plone just grabbed two more uh, goals for a hat-trick. Thompson scored a brace as well as Oching, uh, got getting on the scoreboard and Flanagan rounding out the afternoon. The win for Wagga is huge for them as they separate the gap between them and White Eagles and Brindies by seven points. Uh, White Eagles still have two matches in hand though. Um, Wagga... Also, only trail Queanbeyan City 
as they travel to Queanbeyan this weekend as well, uh, which should be another incredible matchup, all full of goals. Ugali, on the other hand, the red card, uh, you can tell it, you know, it changed the game for them. And it's safe to say that the extensiveness of that scoreline in the second half was reflective of the uh, card slash being a man down, um, especially when you see how competitive that first half was. Uh, credit to Wagga though, they... Um, you need to beat what's in front of you, and they did take full advantage of that. The loss for Ugali means they're now mathematically out of that top four race, though, as they are now 13 points behind with four matches to go. Uh, they will still be looking uh, to pick a few scalps, though, I don't doubt, uh, before the end of the season and try and finish as strong as possible. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Bit of a wild score. Yeah, I think we all picked it, didn't we? Yep. After <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> last week to um to the bottom of the table, Western Malongo. I think the last thing we all expected was them to go and play the um River in a derby and, and somehow win by nine goals to two. Incredible scoreline um for them as well. Probably not helped, as you mentioned, by the send-off of Dean Armani. It was a great opening, but it looked like it was gonna be any kind of score. I think it was a two apiece when he was sent off. Um, but Wagga, you know, it, it, the mind boggles. How can you lose five nil Western one week and then do that week after? It's incredible. Um, it was their stampede sitting around as well. They um, auctioned the shirts off afterwards that they wore the special um, kits, which uh, maybe that was what it was. Maybe they they were all fired up for that. Um, but what a performance by them! For Ugali, one of those days. I mean, it was nothing went right from them from start to finish. Um, they got a couple of goals from Andrew Tucci, but. For them, it's just uh, back to the drawing board and sweep that one under the carpet and pretend it didn't happen. Um, although, you know, when it's your local rivals, I'm sure you'll be hearing about it quite some time to come. Uh, for Wagga, it just goes to show that they're back on track, maybe, um, for that race for the top four. And uh, they've given themselves an opportunity now, and much like it is with uh, in the uh, Premier League, it's in their own hands. Um, because even if Wagga's win their two games in hand, one of them against League Leaders, one of the other against Brindle Blues, so they're not given by any stretch of imagination. Uh, they're still they're still ahead of them all the ladder. Yeah, next up we have Western Malongolo, who played host to Canberra White Eagles. It ended in a in a one-one draw in this game as Baguette, who got on the score sheet for the hosts, and Kagler, a familiar uh face on the score sheet for White Eagles in what was a draw in this game. You know, hot off their win, their first win of the season uh, last week, uh, like you sort of brief, briefly mentioned just there, um, you know, they backed it up with a, you know, with gaining an, uh, a point in this one. So uh, it's been a good couple of weeks for Western Malongolo in terms of performances and them turning those performances into points. And, you know, they, they opened the scoring, you know, five minutes after half time uh, through Paget as a, as a strong way, you know, to begin the second half. And I, I thought that I think that sort of gave them a lot of confidence. Um, you know, scoring sort of so early in that second period would have sort of you know set them up really well for you know the the remaining sort of forty minutes that were to be played. Um, you know, um, and we had you know White Eagles. You know, they they had some opportunities uh, in this match as well. They sort of started to get themselves into the contest a little bit more. You know, in the second half. And, you know, they, they capitalized on a, you know, on a very big opportunity that was missed by West, Western Malongolo uh, through um, Kuinut Kagler, you know, who, who scored his 17th goal of the campaign in the 78th minute. You know, he's been in great goal scoring form all season. And that's why he's, 
you know, up there at the top of the charts when it comes to the top goal scorers in the CPL competition. Overall, the result means, you know, Western have now picked up, you know, four points in the space of just two games, whereas before that they had no points at all. So it's like I mentioned briefly at the top, it's been a very positive couple of performances in back-to-back weeks uh, for them. And then on the flip side of that, you know, the result means that Eagles are now seven points behind the top four in fifth place and are ahead of the Brindies on goal difference there. So their goal difference is a massive plus 17, may I add. So that's a huge goal difference there. It's not all doom and gloom for Eagles, you know, as they still have sort of two games uh, in hand. And one of them, I believe, will be played uh, tomorrow night as this airs uh, against Tuggeranong. So a huge game for, for Eagles in that respect. Russ, I mentioned there the sort of confidence that Western Longlow have been able to accumulate over the past couple of weeks with, you know, the win that they got last week and, and the draw in this one against a good wide Eagles side. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this result uh, for them? Great result for Western Mongolia. You wonder where this form has been all season, don't you, really? Um, they suddenly flicked a switch and they got three points last week and they picked up another point um, this week, a good one against White Eagles. who will be frustrated because they will feel that they should have got the three points um, from this game. It's a game they would have targeted and gone, well, that will put us back into the mix and uh, they slipped up, unfortunately, for them. Look, I mean, it could have been worse. Michael Sanders had a great chance to make it 2-0 to Western before Kenny Kaglar scored his 17th of the season and as you said, he's been in great form. It's been good to see him scoring goals. The problem is for the White Eagles is the only one he is scoring. He's the only one that is scoring any goals at the moment. So they need everybody else to start weighing in again to give them a chance of uh, getting into that top four. Otherwise, it'll start to slip away from them. Um, however, Western have got matches to come against teams in and around there as well. So if they can keep up the same form that they've got here, they'll be hard to beat again. Uh, starts with White Eagles on Wednesday. Really tough game against Tottenham United to do a all but up in that division, as we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one that Wednesday night. And White Eagles, we know they've got the quality. We know that they're good. Um, that goal that you mentioned might come into play at some stage. But they need to start picking up more points. So draws at the moment aren't good enough for them. Absolutely. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Russ. Uh, uh, Matt, what's our next uh, matchup? Our next matchup is Brindabella Blues. Uh, one three loss to ANU. Dean's Neeson and Model with the goals for ANU and Weekly with the goal for Brindabella Blues. ANU opened the scoring after uh, Dean's ran on the end of a of an absolutely terrific through ball and hit it past the keeper through a tough angle on the right side. ANU made it two nil three minutes later as they took a corner. And the rebound fell to Neeson, who propped it up himself and struck uh, struck at midair for an absolute banger of a goal. Um, and it literally soared past everyone in that box. The Brindies weren't um, going to be kept down, though, and they halved the deficit uh, five minutes later as uh, Paget uh, received the ball uh, from a throw-in and saw the keeper slightly off his line and struck an absolute beauty of a shot just below the crossbar, leaving the keeper no real chance there. ANU sealed their victory just before the end of the game as Chase Deans uh, did some terrific work, which ended uh, with him crossing it to model for a pinpoint header in the back of the net. Huge victory for ANU as this is not only their fourth consecutive victory on the trot, but they are now also above Queanbeyan in second place by one 
point. Unfortunately for the Brindies, though, this means that they're the loss uh, that they dropped to sixth place and are now seven points off the top four uh, with one match in hand behind White Eagles on goal difference, who, of course, like we've mentioned, have two games in hand. Another win for ANU, Russ. What did you make of this result? Oh, well, in a row, isn't it? And they've moved themselves into second place on the ladder. Um, and they're uh, flying at the moment. This is what we expected from ANU at the start of the season. And all damage was done in that. Three-minute spell in the second half when Chase Deans and Liam Neeson scored the first two goals of the game to give them the advantage. Um, and it was, a, it was a, an advantage that they deserved based on the game. Really bad, the Blues are really hard nuts to crack, especially on their own, own patch. And when Isaac Weekly pulled one back for them, you thought, well, maybe they could turn this around. And they had to rely on that late strike from Maximilian Mottle to get them over the line. But Talal Safar turned around a bit, hasn't he? They had a, had a rough start to the season. There was a bit of a yo-yoing um, aspect to it. And... You know, they're not out of the title race, but it's uh, it's going to take a miraculous recovery or a slump from Tuggeron for them to be able to, to close that gap. I mean, they could start this weekend by beating Tuggeron at um, Canberra, but you'd, you'd still expect United to have too much to win the title. But for ANU, it's about now, I think, finishing second on the ladder. If they can stay above um, Queen Beauty City, then they give themselves a second chance, you know, that finals football, that shot. Um, that they want, you know, we've said before, you always want to finish second rather than third or fourth, because if you finish third or fourth, you've got to be everybody in the top four to win the grand final, and that's a really tricky ask week on week on week. Um, great result for them again. I'm sure Brendan Bell will, will be uh, back for a bit more as well, and, you know, Ray Jr. is young side there. He'll keep um, plugging away with them. If you can keep that same group together and, and maybe add a couple more to it next year, they could be real contenders. Certainly could. Uh, Michael, what do we have next? Uh, an absolutely um, interesting result, to say the least, over at High Street this weekend. Yeah, very much so, Matt. It was our last game of CPL for this round. It was Queanbeyan City 2, Tuggeranong United 6. So Mensa got a double for Queanbeyan in the first half. And then for Tuggeranong United, uh, Stevens also grabbed a brace. Uh, uh, Walker, Hislop, and Hajdu also got on the score sheet. For the away team, you know, Queanbeyan uh, obviously got off to a fantastic start in this game. You know, they went 2-0 up through Mensa scoring, you know, uh, two goals there in the first 16 minutes of play. So he couldn't really have asked for a better start for Queanbeyan City, that, who obviously would have been very motivated coming into this game to want to get a result. And that really showed in that first sort of 16 minutes of play where they were able to jump out to a 2-0 lead. You know, uh, the goals, you know, it was, um, you know, a long sort of throw into the box, which allowed Michael Manson to get on the end of, you know, a great header uh, into the side netting. And, you know, he was able to obviously double his goal tally, you know, not too long after that. Uh, you know, it was a brilliant ball over the top from, you know, the Queen uh, defensive half over the, over the Tuggers uh, defence. And Mensa sort of chested it down and, uh, you know, hit it first time uh, after a bounce. So, I mean, it was a great goal, very well taken in that regard. And, you know, just when it looked like, you know, Queenbeam would, you know, head into the halftime interval with momentum. Incredibly, you know, Tuggies hit back with, with four goals in the space of seven minutes on the verge of the break, which just goes to show you how crazy football can be and how the tide can sort of change at any given moment. And that, was you know 
a prime example of something like that happening. And, and obviously a massive shot to Queanbeyan's confidence in this one. Like I mentioned, after having that good start to then have four goals pinged against you in the space of such a short time before the halftime break would have been an absolute killer uh, to their confidence. And, you know, Luke Stevens began the scoring, you know, with a, with a well-placed corner sneaking in at the near post, you know, uh, Busnell hit an absolute cracker from outside the box, you know, to, to bring his team level. And then two minutes later, Sam Walker placed a nice header into the back of the net to put uh, Tuggeranong 3-2 in front. And then Stevens got his second goal to make it 4-2 sort of on the verge of halftime after sort of a, a great piece of play from the Tuggeranong United team. So that just sort of highlights obviously how good Tuggeranong United have been this season, the clear sort of front, front runners in the CPL. And I mean, there's not too many teams out there that can score four goals, you know, in seven minutes. You know, we saw Lewandowski score five goals in nine minutes uh, not too long ago. And, you know, Queenie, oh, sorry, Tuggeranong United tried to match sort of some similar efforts in that way. Um, you know, nat- naturally after, you know, such a blitz uh, of a first half fr- from the scoring front, it was a little bit sort of quieter I- I- in the second half uh, towards the end of the game. And, you know, in the 84th minute, that's where Tuggeranong sort of won the ball back up high up the pitch and, you know, Hislop made it five and then had you... Uh, completed the scoring at 6-2 with a cracking shot that sort of glided into the top left corner. So a great goal to sort of cap off their performance for Tuggeranong United. And the victory means for them that they're now sort of 10 points clear of Queanbeyan and nine points clear of ANU with still having a game in hand. So like Russ mentioned, it's really theirs to lose at this point. Uh, They've looked absolutely sensational and, and very dominant throughout the the year and you know in terms of Queanbeyan you know it'll be a very tough loss for them to accept you know like I mentioned because they had started so so well getting out to a 2-0 lead they just weren't able to obviously hold on to that and they couldn't stop the onrush that Tuggeranong sort of presented there in that first half where they scored the four goals in such a short amount of time just goes to show you how sort of you know how quickly things can change, but how clinical teams can be and, you know, how dangerous they can be when they take their chances as well. So, I mean, Tuggeranong displayed that to effective, uh, you know, brilliance. They were absolutely sensational from that sort of point of view. And, you know, Queanbeyan now sort of fall behind ANU by one point into third. So they were actually occupying that second spot there for quite a while, Queanbeyan, but given their sort of recent form and then obviously the loss in this game, it sees them fall behind ANU who now sit in second place. And I mean, that's going to do a little bit of their, it's going to shoot their confidence just slightly. Uh, I mean, you know, the, we always say that you can't hold your heads uh, too low. You've got to get back up and you've got to play again next week. And that's exactly what Queanbeyan will have to do. But Russ, I mean, what a, performance from Tuggeranong but I mean Queanbeyan got off to the start that they would have you know they would have dreamt for you know to have a 2-0 advantage after 16 minutes but you know like I said in football things can change very very quickly can't they yeah they certainly can and Tuggeranong have been doing that all season to teams 
Um, they scored quite five goals in, in rapid amount of time, and they did it on the weekend. And after Michael Mendes' brace, you thought Queen City might be in, in with a shout here, and they held on till seven minutes from half time. But there's a bit of a moment in that game, and it came from that corner from Luke Stevens. And if you watch the video, you can almost see Queen City visibly wilt. So the keeper probably should have got cleared it. Um, set a bit of a flap at it for whatever reason when he was incited or whatever um, dropped it into the net and, and all of a sudden turned on uh, back in the contest and you know uh, Dexter Smith was there for me on the weekend I'm keeping me updated while I'm in the south of the map for a bell common and I asked him at half time I said what was the crowd reaction like uh, to them conceding four goals in such a short space of time and his response was quite telling and he was like well they were, there wasn't one it was because they were too stunned and too shocked uh, what they just witnessed, and I've watched the video and I've watched the goals. And Harrison Buell's goal is an absolute belter, he struck it so well in off the other side of the bar. Seven goals this season from him from central defence. And talked about what he was earlier about how they're not getting the goals, um, sharing them around. Well, Pat Hiscoff's now got 10, um, Luke Stevens, I think, has got 14. Um, Sam Walker leads a goal with 18, and then you've got Harrison Buell with seven, Mark Richards with a six. That, and that tells you what you need to know while they're top of the table. They share the goals around. They score them in huge amounts. They score them at times of the games that are important. And they score them in packets. And when you're playing against it, it must be... It almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know it's going to come. And you're waiting for it. So when the first one goes in, it's almost as if you shoulder slump and you go, well, here they go. It's like what Cameron Grace used to do back in the day in first grade. You know, you, you thought, thought you had them, them. you think you've got, got them under control, control, and then bang, 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 you're chasing a football match. Um, but they're top of the table, they've got a game on Wednesday, they can't win the league on Wednesday, but they would go 12 points clear with 12 points available, it would all be, it would all be put down. Either way, they can wrap it up on Saturday or Sunday with a and at Canbar too. If they can win that game, it won't matter um, what happens on Wednesday because they will be champions. Um, and I have a, a very large silver trophy sitting in my car at the moment, which um, will be probably making its way to Tuggerong United on Sunday for that eventuality, much as we will have one in our car for Deacon Stadium on Saturday evening, um, if they need it as well, because we want to start presenting these trophies with the achievements that has been done at the venue so that the fans have uh, can see it, and that's what it's all about. In saying that, and you won't um, lie down, we mentioned them, they're not going to go there to, to, to uh, make up the numbers. They don't want to spoil the party. I feel they can still get themselves back into this race. For Community City, I think you mentioned it quite succinctly, to be honest, uh, in, in part of your review there, Michael, that they seem to have been now, once they went 4 2 behind, they've gone, well, it's gone for us. Promotion is unlikely now. They've got to regroup and find the metal to come back and play finals football because they've got a good team and, and they've had moments this season where we watched them play and go, geez, these guys are Premier League quality. Unfortunately for them, it's been few and far between when they come up against a side like Tuggerong, um, they got blown off the park. Now, Goran Jodzowski will take a look at that. He's been around long enough to understand and put his hand up and go, OK, one of those days, we probably should have done better. Um, we probably should have been able to hold it at 2-1 and a half time, or even 2-2. Um, but it's a learning curve for some of those young boys that he's got in his team and he's got more experienced players too, of course, and melding them together. But the fitness, the pace, the power, the finishing quality of Tottenham United, you can't take anything away from them. They thoroughly deserve the victory, um, even to the stage in the second half where they almost have six and go, well, 
we're not going to bore around, we'll keep it for a bit, we don't need it anymore. And then when Queen were reduced to 10, they took advantage, as good teams do, and added a couple more. And uh, congratulations to Mitch Stevens and his team, and well, what it looks like being uh, an automatic return to MPL1. Matt, the round 18 uh, fixtures before we sign off. Yeah, the fixtures are most of Molonglo against Brindabella Blues uh, to kick off round 18. Saturday, August 20th, 2.45pm at Woden Park enclosed. Queanbeyan City versus Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, August 20th, 3pm at High Street. Tauron United versus ANUFC, Sunday, August 21st, 3pm at Canbar 201. And Ugali SC against... Canberra White Eagles, Sunday, August 21st, 3 p.m. at Solar Mad Stadium. Russ, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, any last words before we sign off? Yeah, I do. Um, keep an eye out because on well, maybe Wednesday this week we'll be announcing a rather special football match for next Wednesday evening in the nation's capital. Um, we will announce that over our social media channels for you guys um, on Wednesday. It should be a good one. Really looking forward to that as well. Um, great stuff as well. Once again, boys, and we've got matches this weekend, which are going to be really, really key to where we go in the final series across all competitions as well. And uh, WMPL this weekend, I'm back on the mic with uh, um, Matty Moore on Sunday for Canberra Crash versus Canberra Olympic, which obviously you'll talk WMPL later, but it's uh, yeah, that's going to be a great game. Looking forward to that because that's almost a title decider as well. So we could well have a few um, trophies up for grabs this weekend. It's that time of year, isn't it? Everyone gets really excited about winning the title and whatever grade you're at. Um, also, make sure I put a note out on the Capital Football website and social media. Community Player of the Month awards for August. The July winners uh, were Ty Reid from Bell North State League and... Um, Millie Dove from the ANU Women's State League team as well. Uh, this is a great opportunity for you to win a six-month membership to Club Lime and also, you know, the opportunity to have your name up in lights and everybody in camera to read about why you're the community player of the month. And I'd encourage all the clubs that are listening to this, whatever grade you're at, whatever team you play for, get online and start voting for that. And we also have our Capital Chemist Community uh, Volunteer of the Month chance for you guys out there to help recognise people who help your club run every week so knock yourself out get online and do that and uh, yeah it should be great thanks for joining us again Russ Michael last words no I mean some cracking games obviously will be on on display this weekend and I can't wait to see sort of what unfolds in terms of results and what they mean for you know finals football and relegation battles and whatnot. so Looking forward to sort of dissecting it all uh, again very very soon, and yeah, I just can't wait for the can't wait for the action. We'll see you later. I've got one more thing to say though. This time next week, um, we'll be just warming up for Manchester United versus Liverpool on Tuesday morning. When United will obviously rediscover all their form that's been missing and play like they did in pre-season and win about six nil. That's the right way to sign off. Uh, yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> episode 64 have a great one everybody